everybody and welcome back to episode 4 of The 60 Year Old Student. Welcome back to my experiences of being back at, uni well, they say back at university. Of course, I never went in the first place. So being at university at the grand old age of 60. After a bit of an upheaval in life, I found myself wandering through Spain with a rucksack on my back and ended up, the journey ended up back here in the UK where I am at, currently at university. As a first year undergraduate, reading theology. <laughs> And today I wanted to give a few little thoughts and reflections on um, what it's like being a student here at university at this age, I guess. Very different scenario from most of the other students on the campus and in the accommodation facilities. So I just want to talk a little about my experience of that. I was, of course, very um, apprehensive and quite nervous about applying for accommodation when I came to university and got, got the ball rolling. Um, I didn't know what to expect and I certainly didn't want to be really sharing facilities. First of all, I thought it was completely unfair for a bunch of 18 or 20 year olds to be sharing with a 60 year old geezer. It's not fair on them. They've come here for the time of their lives. And, uh, and rightly so, and they don't want an old person rattling around and getting in their way. But at the same time, being at my age, of course, I am settled in my ways. I'm not going to deny that. And um, I want my own uh, space, my own comfort, security. And so I'm not ready to share kitchen facilities, let's say, or especially bathroom facilities with other people uh, of any age, quite frankly. So I got in touch with the accommodation people very early on, uh, sent them a lot of emails, left a lot of voicemail messages and I was frankly disappointed about the lack of response I received. Everything seemed to be pointing to the fact that I had to go to the portal and apply just like everybody else, which is kind of fair enough. I don't want any special treatment, but I was hoping for at least one phone call um, or one email response just to say they've acknowledged my situation and my concerns and probably outline the options that there might be for me. In the end, um, owing to the lack of response and the lack of help that I thought I was receiving from the university, I decided to go to a private accommodation block. Now, this is like a big hotel. It is especially for students, but is run privately and not run by the university. And it was remarkably comfortable. It was like staying in a very nice hotel room with one's own kitchen facilities. It was a studio flat, quite expensive. Um, a little more than I could afford, but I thought for my first year I would treat myself to that expense because I really needed to concentrate on settling in, becoming a student and getting on with my first year without having the distraction of worrying about where I'm living or with things not being quite right where I'm living. And I also had to concentrate on finding a part-time job too. So I thought I'd put all of this aside, get myself this room, commit myself to one year, swallow the cost, do my best to find part-time work and uh, just live as best as I could. And I, I don't regret that decision. It was very nice. The accommodation was okay. The people who ran it were very accommodating to me uh, and made my stay uh, very enjoyable. They were very sympathetic to my situation. I did have problems staying there, but they addressed them quite discreetly and very fairly um, when I raised the issues. Now, most of the issues were of other young people making far too much noise. And by that, I mean the music blaring out, which I didn't mind so much. It's just the sort of sub bass on everything or people who buy um, PS2s or video games and they have to play them out loud with this sort of sub bass. So all you're hearing is the rumbles going on all the time or the thumping of a bass line. 
Um, normally, I don't mind music um, at all of any genre. Um, but when it was late at night, uh, it started to become a little bit intrusive. And I wasn't the only one. There were a lot of other students complaining about certain rooms on our floor and above that were making too much noise. In the end, these students got kicked out anyway. So they were just masters of their own destiny. They obviously didn't care about anyone else around them, their neighbours or their own futures at university or in their accommodation. Uh, they signed a full-time contract. They obviously got kicked out in the end and uh, forfeited any uh, payments they had made or deposits they had left. That's their problem. They obviously didn't, uh, it obviously didn't bother them or mean much to them. And at this age, a lot of people don't have much in a way of, let's say, compassion or awareness of others or societal awareness so they'll just put on music loud not even knowing half the time the effect that it will have on the rooms surrounding them and the effect they'll be having on other people around them but then possibly even knowing that not caring either so these were addressed and they I must say they were the only real major issues that I had and the place was full of uh, very amiable young people although nobody really engaged uh, with me personally but I don't blame them for that because Probably to them, they I don't know, they must have thought I was one of the janitors or something or the caretaker every time they saw me walking up and down the corridor. So it was a little bit of a lonely experience. Um, I, when I walked along corridors, I tried to smile and say hello to people, but I didn't really receive much response. But listen, that's my experience and I'm not complaining or blaming anybody or moaning about the situation. I had a happy time there, really, by myself. I got a lot of work done and the room looked out across one of the parks in the city and the ancient city walls. So, you know, it wasn't such a bad place. And looking back, I think I will put that down as not a bad year. Accommodation-wise, it was a privately run enterprise and I looked after it by myself. However, on year two, I thought I'd try and be a bit more cost-conscious and go back to the university accommodation people and ask if I could have uh, a shared accommodation. But then again, addressing the fact that I am a mature student in more respects than one. Um, now, they were OK this time. Um, they said that some of the, the rooms that were more suitable to my needs were for returning students and mature students. And I was considered a first year undergraduate, so didn't fall into that category. However, on assessing my situation, after outlining everything um, about my needs and about my current status, they took it on board and they allowed me to go into accommodation that was only reserved for returning or mature students. So I really appreciated their help on that, fast-tracking me to that level of accommodation. But however, it really, really didn't work out. The housing complex wasn't so bad. The houses were extremely small though, with no living space, only your bedroom which was en suite and a shared kitchen and each house was allotted for three mature adult students although one of the students in my particular house had his partner his girlfriend with him I didn't mind that they were nice enough people but then it just made the space even more cramped for four adults in such a tiny house but I soon became aware of the uh, living in such close proximity with people there was uh, especially one other uh, roommate who constantly was not aware of the door that the loudness of the door slamming when he walked in or out of his room I still to this day don't really understand how people can walk into a room and just leave the door to slam behind them my natural instinct is to hold it and to close it um, quietly um, but morning noon or night this chap would just walk in and the doors were really heavy fire doors and were very very loud so if one is settling down or trying to read or study 
or even dropping off to sleep, um, a late, really loud slamming of the door in a room right next to you uh, is obviously going to disturb you. And there was no, again, awareness of the effect that such behaviour might have on people around him, on, on, on his neighbours. And he either did not really get it or understand it or was aware of it or didn't care. The other thing about the chap was that he was Mr. Food. He liked his big meals and had to cook an incredibly big evening dinner every single day. I mean, the bags of shopping were outrageous and uh, it was a massive event in his life. I remember reading in a book one day, somebody saying, I think it was a Patrick O'Brien story, the Master and Commander series, and Dr. Matterin saying to somebody, if your belly is your God, then you must worship it, which I think is a lovely phrase. And boy, did this fellow worship every single day. Uh, the result of that was that the whole house would just fill up with the smell of him cooking his meal. Uh, which was very, very hard to get rid of. Again, he didn't put on much of an extractor fan above the hob or didn't really open the kitchen windows very wide. Whereas when I was cooking, I'd open the front door and the windows wide and really sort of take that into consideration. Now, I'm not saying I'm big, some big self-righteous, holier-than-thou, better person, but, you know, it's these little things that when you're living with other people, I kind of take into consideration. So every evening, my room would just fill up with the smells of cooking and it was really hard to get rid of and it was really unpleasant to be in that space especially after I had eaten let's say for the evening but in any circumstance it's just not a very pleasant experience and then you know I'd open my windows to try and let some fresh air in which was fair enough but the uh, student block was right next to the smoking area of the uh, more um, flat accommodation let's say or apartment accommodation next door there was the student bar um, a few blocks away and it was incredibly noisy opening one's windows, uh, especially later on in the evening. And people around, especially downstairs, would be smoking those vape uh, <laughs> contraptions, um, grown up babies' dummies, as I call them. And the sm sort of smell of sickly sweet caramelly steam would rise up into my window, sometimes marijuana. So it just seemed that every way I turned, I just could not find any space to be alone or to relax without somebody else infringing on my personal space. I personally found it very, very difficult to the point that I was living in the university library. I would take a Tupperware dish with my evening meal and heat it up in the microwave there and leave very, very early in the morning, get breakfast out in a cafe, stay in the library all day and then eat there in the evening and come back late at night and just go to sleep. And after a while, I thought, well, this is no way to live. Um, it was really disruptive. I wasn't enjoying life. And I thought I cannot carry on like this. So I went to see the accommodation people and bless them. I spoke to them about my issues and they understood them immediately. The lady who dealt with me was really understanding, considerate of my needs, very, very compassionate. And I saw her on the Thursday and by Sunday I had moved out into a new room. Now that, in my opinion, is a superpower. Someone who behaves like that, who gets the situation and has the empathy and the compassion to jump right on it and to make something happen so quickly, that is a superpower. And I thank her to this day for everything she did for me. So now I'm in another student accommodation. It's very expensive again, like the first one, but I've decided to um, work even harder, take on another shift in my part-time job, make it happen somehow so that I can stay here and have my own space, which has... It is like a one-bedroom flat or a studio but the sleeping accommodation is separated and there's a nice enough kitchen for my needs our ensuite bathroom and a bigger space for uh, work and um, relaxation now the place hasn't been touched for 30 years so it is in a bit of a state uh, the carpets were really um, foul quite 
disgusting with lots of ingrained uh, stains and uh, they're at the end of their life. Although I was told they were clean, they really look and feel um, very, very unpleasant to live in. And they've come back to steam clean them again because I asked if they would. Um, the toilet was quite disgusting and there were lots of um, chips and in the wall and lots of markings on the wall and scrapings on the wall. But um, it, it really hasn't been updated or touched for over two decades, I would imagine. And therefore, I'm a bit dismayed about the rent that I'm paying on it because you'd expect for that kind of rent it would be a newer property or a property that's been better maintained and the ingrained dirt has not been addressed over the past 20 years especially around the toilet and I had an incident where I actually proved that and thankfully after about eight months of complaining about the grime and the dirt and especially the smell eventually they did come around and change the toilet seat which was a, I can consider a blessing but I really really had to photograph and expose the level of um, disgraceful ingrained uh, grime before anyone did anything which I was a little bit upset at. The university has the name Christchurch and to me uh, the clue's in the title and they should be a little bit more compassionate and uh, be better prepared to look out after other students well-being in that respect. Anyway, so here I am and uh, I've decided it's better the devil you know. I'm really nervous about moving into new accommodation or going somewhere else because I might find that there are other students there who are less considerate for their surroundings and the people who live around them. And at the moment where I am, although is not ideal, it is generally quiet. And so I thank my lucky stars for that. There's about a one inch gap underneath the front door which means that you hear everything in the corridor and the sleeping area is right next to the front door. So it's a little bit unsettling and unnerving. But generally, it is the quietest place I've been yet. So I'm going to stick with it. I've reapplied to stay in the same room and I hope I'll be granted that. So that's the experiences of my accommodation. Not saying that it's going to be the same for everybody. Maybe I've just been a little bit unlucky. But I really shouldn't count it as um, being unlucky. It should be that this is just what I have experienced. And from every experience comes a learning curve. And you come out of that experience a different person and shaped and carved by that. There's a, a wonderful saying that in, in order for God to mould you, he has to melt you first. And I kind of like that. And I know I've been through enough trials and I keep trying to say, listen, enough is enough. When's it all going to an end? But these little things... We have to pick up as a cross, as a little burden, and carry them as with, with as much virtue and nobility as we can and not let it change us into a worse or more embittered person, but into a better person. And I think these challenges come along to test that, to test our mettle, to forge our armour and help us go out into the world a better person because life is full of adversity. And it just gives us more experience of that and more experience of facing adversity and reframing your mindset and arranging your face in the world with that adversity to not let it affect you, to stay as happy as you can possibly be and to greet the man down the street as if you were in a great place is the true nature of our character and the true nature of Stoic philosophy. So I'm trying very hard to embrace my inner Walt Whitman and see the best in everything. I must admit, sometimes I find it very, very difficult to do that. I am not perfect and I'm not self-righteous. I'm a flawed and weak in many respects, like most other human beings on this planet. But I believe I'm a better person than I was 
through facing these little adversities on a constant basis with the philosophy that I've learned through study and through other people's experiences and through theology and especially through what I have learned from the early Greek philosophers which I was absolutely clueless about in my previous and former life. And I'm facing the world now having walked the pilgrimage to Santiago after my life fell apart and I think it has taught me to be a better person, more accepting of challenges in life and not so ready to be angry at things that don't go my way. Who am I to think that everything should go my way? Life is not like that. Bad things happen and you can't get away from it. And anyway, who would want an easy, straightforward life? That's just a straight line. Something about curves that go up and down mountains and through valleys and cross rivers. There's something about that journey which is far more interesting as far as I'm concerned. I wouldn't really want a straight, flat road for a life may be easy for most, but I think we all need challenges to help us to grow and become better people. And another thing I want to touch on with uh, life as a student is that I've loved the learning, but I've not really enjoyed being a student. Um, so far, uh, life on campus has not been great. In fact, there's not been much life on campus. Now, I appreciate coming out of the pandemic. Things were very difficult and the university had to reflect and be versatile very, very quickly and start delivering learning online. But out of that has materialised this wretched phrase called blended learning. Everyone's talking about this new thing as if it's a, a great new advance in teaching and it's not. It's horrible. What it means is that the university is getting away with teaching on campus and doing more and more online. I think cynically just to reduce their bottom line and to make less effort. And I'm getting a bit fed up with COVID always being used as an excuse as to why you can't do something. Whereas the fees remain exactly the same. Last year I was on campus one day a week out of seven days a week only one day on campus and that was three lectures back to back two hours per lecture back to back so when you'd finished one first thing in the morning there was no time for a cup of coffee half an hour or an hour to reflect on what you'd just learnt and to allow that to soak in like a sponge and just absorb everything that you'd just heard before you were thrust into the next lesson and had to quit almost forget everything that you've just learned because you're concentrating on the next thing and furiously scribbling away notes so at the end of the day I had to read through everything that I'd written through the day but I was exhausted by then by the middle of the third lecture it was mentally exhausting I'd run out of brain space for the day and um, it became very very tiring and there was also no gap in between to uh, have lunch let's say I'd grab a quick coffee and maybe a sandwich in between lectures and and have those um, in the beginning of the new lecture and it was highly unsatisfactory. I raised this issue many times but of course it was set in stone for that the year and there was nothing anyone could do about it um, so it was a really really challenging year and was not pleasant at all and the online blended learning part of it was a real drag. I'd been through a lot of that in the foundation year and I admit that um, straight into the pandemic the university had to do what it had to do and people had to adapt with the webcams on their laptops and speaking from home and so it wasn't very good. They hadn't had much training media training let's say in how to deliver uh, content online so it was pretty crappy but they, you know they were the learning was good but the delivery was not great but now one year on if the university is going to think about carrying on doing this um, level of learning online they need to give their lecturers decent cameras decent microphones teach them how to create an aesthetic background and have a little bit more tr media training in how to deliver their lectures with a little bit more dynamism let's say because Sometimes it can be incredibly boring to hear a voice in one monotone while you're just looking at this big head uh, <laughs> on a computer screen who is, uh, where the lecturer themselves are just talking to an empty room. 
So there's not much dynamism there. Bless them. In fairness to them, they're not getting much back in the way of response from a room, obviously. So uh, it can tend to be a little bit boring and monotonous. And also there is no um, atmosphere in a room. They're not getting the responses that they could get in a room anyway, uh, full of students. And when they do ask for a response, one or two might chip in. A lot of people can't speak, so they have to type things in, which is slow and laborious. And if you have something you want to say, which has a little bit of substance um, and you can't for some reason speak because the microphone's not working, you have to type it in. And by the time you've typed in your paragraph or two, the conversation has moved on. So you've missed your moment. It is highly, highly unsatisfying factory and I really hope that we return to more campus learning in the new year um, and I shall keep you updated on that. So not that I was really expecting to be uh, sat around in tweeds smoking a pipe in uh, a lovely um, oak panelled bar although that would be very nice I must admit from my point of view and um, discussing with philosophers and lecturers ideas uh, which is a lovely romantic view and probably does exist in Oxford or Cambridge but um, certainly not down here in uh, Christchurch Canterbury even though yeah, that isn't happening and I wasn't really expecting that to be the case I was hoping that we'd have more time on campus to discuss with other students and with lecturers out of lectures about different ideas and to keep the conversation going in some way in some form of informal seminar but that has not been the case at all there are a couple of other people who are circa my age but as soon as lectures are over most of the young ones just want to get out and go home and get on with their lives and certainly don't want to hang around talking to 60 year old bloke about what they've just learned or about any other ideas that they might have to push the subject or their thinking further so yeah it's been a little bit of a um, negative experience being a student from a learning point of view and from accommodation point of view but the learning has taken away from all of that negativity that has been such a positive that I'm generally satisfied with my experience of studying at this age although like most things in life I wish it could be better <laughs> One final little thing that I have come across is that um, the, on the website, the university champions, all these headlines about her, expand your horizons and learn skills you never knew you had and come to our university and enjoy life on campus. All these wonderful potentials for students. And um, I love music and I uh, fiddle around with lots of musical instruments and they have a great music department there with lots of sound isolated practice rooms. Now, I have a saxophone and I have a clarinet and guitars. I'm not very good on the saxophone and clarinets because I'm just learning. Um, but I'd like somewhere where I can go and practice playing my guitar, which I am reluctant to in my room because I don't want to disturb those around me. And I certainly don't want to be practicing my beginner's saxophone or clarinet in my room because that would be unfair to everybody in the neighbourhood, let alone the people in the rooms around me. So in order to um, use the campus facilities I thought was a, a great idea so I applied to the music department to see how I could book one of these rooms and was told the obligatory no because I'm not studying music because I'm studying theology I have no access to any of the music facilities the recording studios the isolated rooms or anything I saw that as highly unfair very blinkered attitude to life on the campus and I have sent a emails out to various departments saying um, you know, how can I expand my horizons and really push the boundaries of my uh, experience my campus experience life as a student here if I can't do something as simple as play an instrument or practice or rehearse an instrument and let's not forget playing an instrument is so good for your mental health and well-being in life that to deny this, a student the chance is completely unfair and also wrong in my view because it is detrimental to their overall health and well-being as a student which they claim to champion at this particular university. So I'm still fighting that. It's been three or four months now 
I'm still receiving negative responses, although somebody has assured me that the situation will be readdressed in the next semester in September when we all go back for the new year. And so I'm hoping things will change. And um, yes, I will definitely report back on that one uh, if that changes. Because as I said to them, um, if I was an athlete, surely I wouldn't be denied access to a running track or some sports facilities that I could go and maintain my physical health. So why can't I go and maintain my mental health and well-being and my dexterity as a musician and also have the chance to meet other musicians and contribute maybe to the overall life on campus for the university in the musical genre. Now I've joined the Music Society and I'm hoping that they will also advance my cause. So that's it for today. I think I've rambled on enough. I don't want to go on too long. They're just um, not moans. I'm not ranting. I'm not complaining. They're just my experiences and This whole blog, this whole podcast is just all about me experiencing university life at the grand old age of 60. It's still a very, very positive experience and I still feel, like I said at the beginning and like I have for a long time, the benefits of studying at my age and the potential that I think I have moving forward makes me feel like, as far as I'm concerned, I'm just getting started. So until this time next week, have a great week. And thank you for listening to the podcast, The 60-Year-Old Student.